So, Harikirtan ki jai. Some time ago, um, when Prabhupada started his Sankirtan in Krishna Sankirtan in the United States, it was quite a spectacle to see the, his devotees chanting in the public and so forth. Those were colorful times, of course, and the streets were full of uh, alternative ideas and uh, colorful ones at that. <clears throat> but even amongst them, uh, Prabhupada's disciples stood out with their Namsen Kirtan. <clears throat> and there was one gentleman who was at the time a scholar, a Hindu, what would you call him, an Indologist at Berkeley, who I guess ran into them, or got ran over by them, one of the two, <laughs> on the street, and um, he took exception to it. And and he even went so far as to write to Prabhupada and complain about this chanting in the streets. Um, and his thinking was that it was a a deviation from Hindu uh, Dharma. He's an Indologist, so his studies were Indian, Indian religion, Hinduism, and uh, so forth. And so this is just another example of how really revolutionary Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission uh, is um, to go back then, you know, some 500 years to the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself, the time of his manifest Lila, even in Navadweep, the people were um, taken aback and even put off by the Sankirtan in the streets, and the loud kirtans in the house of Srivas, the wee hours of the morning. And um, they complained about it. And um, it's interesting to us, of course, because we've heard from our charges and heard well as to the um, efficacy of chanting and, and as to its place in relation to Krishna, of course, and Krishna Nam, which is not even from Krishna, their place in relation to everything that the conglomerate of Hinduism contains and how central that place is. And um, this, we don't perhaps realize it, but is really the the contribution and the expertise and the empowerment of the uh, six Goswamis, Rup Sanatan, and the leaders, and Jiva Goswami, Gopal Bhatta, Raghunath Das, Raghunath Bhatta Goswami. Amongst them, of course, Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami, and Raghunath Das were uh, more prolific. Excuse me, Rupa Goswami, Sanatan Goswami, Jiva Goswami, and then Raghunath Das, Gopal Bhatta. But the Leaders were Rupa Sanatana, and they were quite prolific. Jiva Goswami as well, their, their nephew and Jiva Goswami's disciple. It's said about them by Srinivasa Charja, Nanas Shastra Vitaranipanipanipano Sadharma Samstapako Lokanam Hitakaranuti Bhuvane Manyosharanyakaro. 
that they uh, were able to draw out from the uh, really the entire body of sacred texts of the Hindus and form a veritable uh, body of literature that we can accurately refer to as bhakti shastras. Hmm? Uh, Bhakti is embedded everywhere in the sacred texts, but as I mentioned the other night, and as we know from studying the Bhagavatam, uh, even Narada, the guru of Vyas, chastised him after he had written, edited, compiled with the help of his assistants, all of the sacred texts, as it's thought, uh, chastised him for not having just openly emphasized uh, bhakti. Hmm? And within that, um, of course, the chanting of Krishnanam is very central, hmm? especially in the times that the, the sacred text transport us into a different kind of world of time and um, and possibilities. You have to understand that. When we enter into this teaching, we're entering into the Bhagavatam and its world. It's an exploration of the possibilities of the subjective world. It's not very interested in the objective world. So it speaks about time differently, for example, than we think today in modern science, in the modern way of looking at history and examining the objective world and as if it's everything, uh, and that's pretty much the thought. Interestingly, of course, that's a thought, which is subjective. <laughs> it's all coming from the subjective world. But the more the subjective invests itself in the objective, the more it gets lost to itself, its value, its importance. And therefore we say, well, it's just in his mind, just in the mind. What is a, what is a mind? And of course... In today's world, largely, uh, mind consciousness are often conflated with matter. Hmm? So, with the objective world, this would be a, is the huge mistake that uh, that we we make in today's world. And so, we examine the objective world, and then the the, the times and the histories and whatnot of the Bhagavatam they don't make as much sense to us. So. I say this with regard to the time being um, such that within bhakti, kirtan is uh, prominent. We call it Kali Yuga. Hmm? This Kali Yuga idea is a sacred text idea. It's a, it's a Bhagavatam idea. Hmm? You have to enter into the Bhagavatam. You won't find it if you look for it another way. You think there is no Kali Yuga there. People existed in only so many years back, and such a yuga. You won't you'll be able to. So these two ideas, if you will, the ways of these are two different ways of looking at things. They are not in competition with one another in a head-on type of collision. Mine is objectively right. No, mine is objectively right. Right. No, one is an objective way of look. One is exploring the world from a subjective perspective. The latter is the Bhagavatam, it's its position. That's where you want to go, into the world of consciousness. There's nowhere to go in the world of matter. It's a dead end. So, 
in this time, hmm, in, in a sacral kind of sacred universe, we look at the world only in terms of how, by looking at it, it will promote an understanding of of the importance of the subjective world, of the self and its prospect and its source. Hmm? Its prospect lies in connecting with its source. Hmm. So, not with its... um, the source's shadow, if you will. The material world is like the smoke, we're like the spark. Hmm? The bhakti, or the the sarup shakti, is like the the flame. And Krishna's the fire, fire and the flame, fire and the light, I should say, fire and the blazing light and heat, light and the heat, that is the Sarup Shakti, the fire is Krishna, the spark is the Jiva, the smoke is the Maya Shakti, the objective world, see how insignificant it is. Hmm? For you to go on a scale, well, the smoke would be less valuable than a spark anyway, hmm? and heat and light more valuable than a spark. And the fire itself, which contains really all of these things, is our source. So, so anyway, in Kali Yuga, in this time, uh, entering into the subjective framework and living within, you want to live within the the the, the, the mythical way of looking at the world in the, in the um, that was presented in the Bhagavatam. I don't mean that in a in a, the way it's sometimes taken, obviously, but uh, in a way of talking about the world that um, arguably is more inclusive and um, um, and more participatory, it affords us more opportunity for participation. Mm-hmm. That's why you see in modern society, humans are alienated from the natural world, and therefore you have these kind of Bizarre existential crises and and um, adolescences that you know go into your fifties and and, uh, and what do they call that uh, midlife crisis and so forth. Just, just about how to how how to have sex, how to eat. How to, at fifty, you're having a crisis about it. <laughs> Something that was supposed to have been figured out a long, long time ago. So, in modern society, humans are so much um, alienated from the natural world. We've looked at it in a way that separates us, that distinguishes us from the, from the animals, for example, from the plants. Hmm. Um, we dominate over them, and uh, and and so it's 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 a problematic uh, time. And kirtan is the is the is the remedy for all of this, of course, in Kali Yuga. But to appreciate it, I mean, it's to, we have to enter really into the Bhagavatam. You have to leave the objective world behind. Hmm? There's a saying that uh, of uh, that if you want to that a, a doll a doll or statue made of salt wanted to taste the ocean. What to do? Hmm. It had to dissolve. Do you understand? Because if you throw the salt doll in the salt ocean, it will dissolve. Hmm. So, 
if we want to taste this kirtan, <coughs> we have to dissolve in terms of our objective understanding of the self, the egoic self, our self that's based on identification with the with the objective world, with matter. That has to dissolve. Hmm? We call that the ahankar. Hmm? It's a veritable, to use Schopenhauer's term, the world not. Hmm? The world not has to be untied, cut, slashed. Hmm? And so it's a challenge, you know, with this in Sankirtan, we find, it's called Sankirtan, Sam means complete, hmm? and Kirtan means to glorify, so it's to glorify another hmm, completely, that other being our significant capital other, hmm? um, because if we were to love in the subjective world, there has to be two, hmm? love effectively you can love you can have a potential for love by yourself but it will certainly be enhanced if there's someone to love hmm. you got to find somebody to love something like that so in the objective in the subjective world hmm. because there's nobody in the objective world there is nobody there hmm. the lights are on there but there is nobody home that false self of American, Indian, man, woman, it's, it, it's here today and it will certainly be gone tomorrow. Hmm? So, much as it's gone tomorrow, it's not really here today. This is the idea of Vedanta. <laughs> hmm? Whatever exists in a real sense will always exist. Whatever doesn't, will not. So, here today and gone tomorrow, that's not sat. Sat means not subject to transformation. Enduring, that means not subject to birth, growth, maturation, deterioration, dwindling, vanishing. Hmm? Yeah. So, uh, so that, um, that uh, identity based on the objective world it has to be dissolved. Hmm? So to enter into and sankirtan means sankirtan means glorification of another, a significant our significant other, as I say, in the subjective world, and completely, hmm, some completely. Excuse me. So it includes within it the the dissolving of the um, identification with the objective world. Hmm. And the time is ripe for that. It's an easy process. So, um, and we've heard these things, so we can appreciate it. We've heard them in a certain way, and we, 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 what we really need to do, if we want to make progress here, the, the, um, it's, uh, we will not only identify with the deity and Krishnanam, but with the Vaishnavas, with the devotees. Hmm? And here I'm speaking about the devotees who have made what we understand seem natural and easy, and how could you think of it otherwise? Hmm? A lot of effort's been put into that. Hmm? Goswamis wrote a lot of books. They plumbed all these, they took all these scriptures and they took out all the bhakti references and they put them all together. 
and showed this is what the texts are really talking about if you sort through it. Hmm? They, that was done by Vyas in the form of the Bhagavatam, but even that hmm, people misunderstand. So they've taken the Bhagavatam and churned it and so forth hmm? and explained what is bhakti and what is kirtan, what is its efficacy and so forth in such a way that if you hear it, you think, well, it's obvious. And, um, but the professor at Berkeley, he, he couldn't figure that out. Hmm? And he was an Indologist, so he had studied the text, knew the language, and and so forth. And this seemed to him to him to, me, to him to be a complete aberration. You know, this had nothing to do with Hinduism, and it's a disgrace and a nuisance, and so forth. And we we laugh, you know, how could he think like that? But it illustrates the point here that I'm making. One of them that. If we want to progress in this, we need good guidance. And we have to see that our where our, our guidance is our parampara. We're part of a whole lineage. Hmm? Um, I was talking with a, another devotee in another institution who was a leader of another institution. And uh, the conversation was about what is the nature of bhakti. And he didn't understand the nature of bhakti. And so I referred to Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Rupa Goswami's book. He said, well, that's not Shastra. Because Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, he's correct in one sense, it is a, is a book that is, a, it is, a, is a based on books that others in different sects will acknowledge as Shastra, like the Gita, hmm? so, or like the Bhagavatam. Hmm? So it doesn't matter what lineage you're in, so to speak, Amongst Vaishnavas or Advaitins, amongst Vedantins, the Bhagavatam would be honored as a sacred text. But if you write a text based on it, then not every group is necessarily going to accept that commentary uh, in the same way. But it is what defines our group. In other words, the interpretation, the understanding of the Bhagavatam, for example, of Rupa Goswami, that is what we follow. That's that's we we in other words we we're not making it up here as we go along, hmm? and we in ignoring hundreds of years of past precedent and so forth that has formed the very sampradaya. Indeed, only as much as we represent that accurately do we have credibility within the lineage. Hmm? Uh, so we are, we have roots. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur he. Um, there was the, uh, the disciples would chant the pranam mantra, pr- pranam obeisances to him, that included the words Rupanuga Virudhapasadantadantaharine, that he was describing his character. He would become enraged. Rupanuga, hmm? Rupanuga said, uh, "What is it? Virudha. Virudha means enraged. Rudha, anger. Rudhabhav." Hmm? Virudha, very angry, he would become very upset at whatever was presented in the world that did not follow in the line of the teachings of Rupa Goswami. Virudhapa, Siddhanta, Rupanuga means Rupanuga, following Rupa Goswami, it means Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, for example, following the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, which probably would call the science of Bhakti Yoga, hmm? the math of that so to speak, of the art and the beauty of, of, uh, of bhakti. Rupanuga virudhapa siddhanta dvanta harine. So he could not tolerate 
those um, conclusions that were not in accordance with Rupa Goswami's teaching. So we have a, we, we're part of something. We're not just out here making it up as, as we go along. And it's a very uh, distinguished lineage of a, with a, with a great scriptural, uh, a, a voluminous scriptural uh, legacy and so forth. And it's incumbent upon us to become acquainted with it hmm? and to know at least that w- how to arrive at a conclusion. Oh, Rupa Goswami has said it. There's a conclusive statement if you can cite it as a praman, as evidence. There's a discussion going on and Swami cites, well, Rupa Goswami has said this. Okay, well. Then you can't just go and say, well, over here it said this. Prabhupada said this, or Bhaktivinoda said this, and just ignore that. You can't do that. You have to go and say, why he said this, but it doesn't mean what I think it means, if you want to challenge that. Hmm? You can't just ignore the statement, go and quote something else. He said this over here. That's, you're, not, you're not having a meaningful spiritual discussion in that way. Hmm? And, and, if you, and, and, and some references are more authoritative than others. Hmm? If you want to talk about a particular, discuss a particular topic, hmm? and you want to quote from the scriptures, then those quotes from the scriptures that are actually, from sections that are actually talking about that subject, <laughs> are going to have more power. Hmm? Uh, evidentiary, uh, evidentiary? Hmm? Weight, more weight. Hmm? Hmm? Then some other thing that you think is talking about that over here, when you look at it, it's actually talking about something else. It's not, it may sound like it's in references, but it's a different subject. That, so you, and they, people do this all the time. Hmm? So the, the weight of your, your this, this, the reference, hmm? who said it? If it's said by a previous acharya, hmm? who's universally accepted, like for example, Rupa Goswami, everybody in Gaudiya Bhaiyashvara, then it has a lot of weight. Hmm? And if I say something different, you think, well, what is, how, he must be saying what Rupa Goswami is saying. It has to be, there's a hub around which things orbit here. Hmm? And this is, we have to learn this, to be able to discuss meaningfully and arrive at conclusions. This is a time in which we live at the present where Gaudiya Vaishnavism has been spread in the world and distributed and disseminated to, to an extent that's extraordinary, and this is largely the work of, of my Guru Maharaj, Sripada A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, and, um, and now it's out there and ready to be misunderstood. <laughs> I used to think when I was younger, I thought, yeah, when, when Gaudiya Vaishnavism is well uh, circulated, then, then America will be like India, land of misconception. Hmm? Uh, so, so, so many uh, you know, half-truths, hmm? and they say half-truth is worse than no truth at all. So somebody's mislearned something. There's the famous story that probably used to tell it, that two boys went to learn the piano hmm? from the instructor. You know the story? Hmm? So one boy went in and the instructor asked, okay, what do you know about learning the piano? How far along are you? He says, I know nothing about it. I don't even know the difference between the black and the white keys. Hmm? He said, okay, well, then, so your lessons would be uh, $10 a lesson. And you come once a week. So his friend was waiting to go in second and he said, what did he say? He said, well, my lessons will be 10 $10. And uh, he 
because I don't know anything about playing the piano. Hmm. And so the guy, the second one to go in, was laughed at him and said, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, you got to pay the higher price." And uh, <laughs> understandably, so he went in, and the teacher asked, "So, hey, we'd like to learn. How, what do you know about learning the piano?" He said, "Well, I know quite a bit, actually. I've done this, I've done that, and, and so forth." And so then the teacher said, "Okay, your lessons will be twenty dollars." And so he complained, wait a minute, my friend, you know, he doesn't know anything, he's only going to pay $10. She says, yes, because I have to first unteach you everything you think you know, right, to get back to zero, to start and proceed, something like that. So <clears throat> now we, we find a situation like this in the world, in the Gaudiya, people touched by Gaudiya Vaishnava, so much misconception that we don't even know largely in the community, we don't even know how to have a discussion about what the conclusion is, what to speak of knowing what the scriptural conclusions are, how to arrive at them, hmm? which I'm just touching on here. Hmm? Hmm? So, at any rate, the this central idea of chanting hmm, that is central to Gaudiya Vaishnavism and to, to really all the sacred texts pointing in this direction for this time and so on and so forth. Um, without that good guidance, we couldn't arrive at that. We had, so we offer our pranam repeatedly to the Goswamis for their contribution. It said, again, I cited the Srinivasacharya's um, glorification of them. He has an astakam, sad Goswami. Astakam is one of the verses. Nana shastra vichara naikinipano sad dharma samstapako they took from all the revealed scriptures, they excavated them like a mine hmm, and found the valuable jewels there that illuminate the scriptures in such a way that you can see how they all fit together and and um, and who is Krishna. I mean, you know, it's an obvious thing, really. It's obvious for us. There's many ways to make, make the point that Krishna is... Swayam Bhagavan out of 33 million, you know, gods and goddesses in Hinduism. Hmm? I think it's 33 million. I don't know. I've heard that. I don't know who all their names are. But anyway, <laughs> there's a lot of them out there. More gods and, and goddesses in Hinduism than any other religion. That's not its problem. That means that so many different nuanced ideas of God, which all have... have um, um, Validity, but not all of them tell the whole story. And Krishna tells the whole story. And um, if you just look at Krishna and look at everybody else, you can arrive at that conclusion. As I said before, uh, many times, in order to play, you have to have power. If you want to take a vacation, you have to have worked and have money in the bank. So every god and every goddess has power. And they're showing their power because they have something to perform, some task to perform. There's some responsibility they have. Either that, or they have the task of giving up all responsibilities, like Shiva. Therefore, how is he showcased? He's naked, dressed in ashes, meditating. He's doing nothing. He's meditating. So he wants to get away from all responsibility. But Brahma's got four heads and everybody's got a carrier and they all got something to accomplish, something to accomplish. Hmm? And Krishna, and this means Krishna in Vrindavan has nothing to accomplish. 
He has nothing to accomplish because his parents love him too much. He's a spoiled boy. They love him too much, so they give him no duties, no responsibilities whatsoever. He wants to herd cows. That is his joy. But they are the king and queen of the cow herds, so their boy has nothing to do. This is Krishna in Vrindavan. That's why I say Leela, the word Leela, really pertains in the full sense of the term only to Vrindavan, because Leela means play. And as soon as Krishna is manifest outside of Vrindavan, he's playing, but he has something to do also. He has to kill Kamsa and establish Dharma. Hmm? I mean, he kills demons in Vrindavan, but it's just in the course of playing and so forth. Uh, he doesn't have a mission. He's not going out today to take on somebody. But in Vrindavan, in Dwarka, he has to free his pa- his parents. There are problems. Outside of Vrindavan, there are problems. <laughs> Even in the spiritual world. <laughs> Inside Vrindavan, no problem. Hmm? There he's establishing Dharma. He's the prince of Dharma. He's speaking the Gita and so on and so forth. Hmm? So, um, but in, in, in Vrindavan, only playing. And who's only playing is all-powerful. He has nothing to do. Hmm? And if, he's, and if he's, all, he's only playing, he has to have the power to play. Hmm? Like I said, if you want to take a vacation, it's the way the world works. It's not for free. Hmm? Oh, is it funny how it feels when you know that life is real? <laughs> At some point you realize, oh, somebody's paying for things. Hmm? I can't remember. I, I realized it in, in Haight, San Francisco, hmm? one one day. And it's a long story. Oh, yeah. Then so we, we said, let's go to the Krishna place and eat over there. <laughs> Somebody said. That was my first experience of Krishna Prashadam. Anyway, food, everything cost. Life, everything, you know, it's, nothing's free. Hmm? But for Krishna, he has... He has he has nothing, no work to do. Hmm? He is free. Hmm? Connect with him is real freedom. Hmm? He has nothing to accomplish. Hmm? The implication is that connection with him is you will be fully accomplished. Hmm? You will be, you, if you have connection with him, you also have nothing to accomplish. Hmm? You'll be the friend of the one who owns and knows everything. You won't have to know everything and you won't have to own anything. <coughs> But you'll be the friend of the one who knows everything, who owns everything. Hmm? You're in even a better position. Hmm? So the <laughs> so Vrindavan Krishna. Hmm? It's it, there are easy, simple ways like this to make the point. Hmm? His weapon is his flute. His weapon is his attractiveness, his beauty, his charm. We go to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. His attractiveness is his dancing. Hmm? Waving his arm, his ecstasy, hmm? the overflow of his love. Hmm? So we, we we don't find all the gods and goddesses. They have some duty, some responsibility, something they they're, they're obliged. Hmm? You can get into a business relationship with them. I did this. Now you owe me that. Okay, yeah. this doesn't work like that with Krishna hmm? at all. Hmm? So. I mean, but, but this is the kind of logic of the Goswami. It's, it's, it's simple and all, but it, you see how it, it's like the nose on your face or the hat. Like, where's my hat? Where's my hat? It's on your head. You know. Oh. Um, something like that. Hmm? Puttipachita Maharaj depicted Bhakti like this when he said, 
when he described bhakti in relation to Alexander the Great, the young <coughs> boy, the Greek, who had become known as Alexander the Great because he conquered India. And the task was put before all the great warriors who sought in their ambition as a warrior and a, a conqueror of lands to conquer India from, the, from Greece. Hmm? Uh, that, that uh, no, the whole story, but there is the story of the, maybe you know it, scholar that you are, the Gordian knot. Hmm? It is said, whoever can untie hmm, the Gordian knot will conquer India. That was the, the prophecy. I don't know the whole story of it. but So, many great warriors came and tried to untie that knot. Hmm? And they couldn't do it. And the young Alexander came. Hmm? He said, I can do it. They laughed at him. He went up to the knot, pulled out his sword, and cut it. And then he said, well, anybody could have done that. But nobody thought of that. And the knot is now undone. And he conquered India. As far as India has ever been conquered, of course, it wasn't a country at the time. It was a land mass of different kingdoms and so forth. And Alexander the Great. So this is a kind of... The point is, bhakti is like this. It's a kind of like simple, but you missed it. It's too, it's too, it's too obvious almost. Hmm? And the Goswamis have tried to like present that. They're basically saying your hat's on your head. That's where you're looking everywhere for it. It's right there. It's right in front of you. Hmm? You're looking in the wrong place only. Hmm? So there's a powerful kind of a common sense to their, to their uh, it underlies their, the entirety of the scholarship, which is great on their part, and on those successors who can, like Prabhupada used to pride himself and say, 60 books we've, we've got. This is not just a sentiment, and so forth. So he wanted his students to, to know them, hmm? to learn them, and, and understand their sources, and so on and so forth. And uh, this is our great uh, wealth, this, this literary legacy of our um, lineage, Sampradaya, and um, and and we can see that that by that connection with such sadhus, we can get these ideas and readily they become second nature to us. I mean, talking about some basic points, bhakti, hmm? you're not God, chanting Hare Krishna is the most efficacious. I mean, all the devotees got that siddhanta down. <laughs> There's some of the finer points that are missed and misunderstood. Hmm? But... But why? How do we get that? Hmm? Because of this kind of association. So to enhance our understanding of what we're doing, this is this is required. And the professor, Professor Staff, I think was his name. Stapp? Stapp. Stahl. Stahl. Yeah. Stahl. Yeah, he, he, he didn't have that association. <coughs> so he criticized, that's where I began, the Sankirtan of Prabhupada's disciples wrote Prabhupada an article or a couple letters, there was a back and forth. And Prabhupada referred to a verse in the Gita hmm, that, um, that speaks about the um, one of the verses in the Gita, there are very few, that speak about what is the practice of the devotees. Hmm? It's a book about bhakti, ultimately, an advocacy of of bhakti, uh, properly understood, 
But how to perform bhakti? Krishna says to surrender, and then, well, how do you do that? Prabhupada used to say, how do you do that? People ask, how do you do that? Of course, surrender, saranagati, is the outer expression of shraddha, of faith. Hmm? It's sixfold and so forth. But the example of how to, how to put one's faith in, in practice, that is coming in the person of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It is the encore appearance of Krishna speaking in the Gita. Hmm? And um, he very much taught by his example and his primary example of what the practice was, chanting Namsankirtan. Hmm. As, an, as an aside or a footnote here, a caveat, it doesn't mean you have to go out in the streets everywhere. Hmm. We are doing kirtan here. Mahaprabhu hmm. was doing kirtan in the house of Srivastakur. Prabhupada stopped us from doing kirtan in Bombay because people weren't respecting it in the streets. Hmm. It's not a foregone conclusion that you just go on the streets and uh, do kirtan and everything's going to just be perfect. Hmm? Hmm. That should be understood. Prabhupada stopped us in Bombay from doing that. Some people have this naivety about it. The problem is just uh, all the devotees aren't going out on, on the streets. And, uh, they really... The, the taking to the streets and part of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with the chanting is a way of getting in touch with the people, circulating the ideas. It's the principle here to circulate the idea that we could, we could get together and chant. That's that's the practice. Hmm? But then how to share it with others? Well, you know, I mean, you didn't have microphones even. What to speak of computers and internets and publishing houses and so forth. Share the idea. We see the dynamism of Bhakti Siddhanta in coining the phrase Brihat Murdanga. Hmm? He gave more emphasis to the to the book publishing than to Namsan Kirtan, hmm? because he thought by the book publishing that the, the the Kirtan will go further, wider, hmm? and so forth. So there are different ways to to think about. I mean, we do Kirtan. That's our main main practice. Hmm? Um, but you have to use your intelligence too, according to where you are and so forth and. Uh, and uh, so I wanted to just address that, uh, that point because some people think like that, that and, this is, and, and this is all that Sankirtan means. You have to be on the street in front of the Walmart or something, you know, chanting in order to be doing it right or something like that. Hmm. And Mahabharata was chanting was such that people won't, were, were sitting in Srivas Angam, the house of Srivas, the courtyard of Srivas, that people were sitting along the bank of the Ganges wanting to get in. Hmm. Something to be said for that, too. Hmm. They become so attractive. You got the doors closed. Sorry. Hmm. There was a time in Los Angeles where I used to live in Prophet's Temple that he called New Dwarka, where I remember people would come to join. And we would tell them, "Okay, you can join if you can sleep in a van for a week and come to all the programs." Hmm. We weren't like going out of the way to like. Um, We've had something, you know. It was valuable if you wanted it, you know. It was our idea. I mean, it's, and I don't think that's the best approach, but the, the point is that um, if you're really experiencing it, and it, it's contagious, hmm, and um, people will take it up on your terms, so to speak. Hmm. Not that we don't use our intelligence and thoughtfulness. And, uh, to present it to people in different places and times and, uh, and be dynamic in our approach and so forth. And that's what I'm talking about, really. 
rather than a stereotypical idea. You have to do kirtan like this with one guy with one black sock, another guy with a gray sock, and they're out of key, and they don't, you know, and it's a, and uh, some of them are just now dressed in secular clothes, and they got bright blue or gangas and whatever rubber ones, and and uh, there it is, mm-hmm. and I think that this is the the ultimate. I mean, it 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 it, it is to be in the kirtan as a safe place. But then, what is the nature of the kirtan? Who's conducting the kirtan? What conception is the group? Hmm? Um, moving under hmm? is the kirtan under, being being done under the auspices of of a of a, of a sect that is in line with the the siddhanta, the teachings for for centuries and so forth. Dynamic in its approach. That means maybe different in its detail, but proper conceptually, proper samanda gyan. If not, we are taught not to enter into the kirtan, even. Hmm? It's a teaching. Hmm? We don't enter into the Shiva kirtan. Hmm? Or if we do, we, we, we think... Uh, of Shiva in relation to Krishna, uh, and he's a great Vaishnava. <coughs> Think of Shiva in terms of his perpetual meditation on Sankarshan. You know, Shiva's there meditating, and I mentioned earlier. Hmm? What's he? Did they ever ask what's he meditating on? Hmm? Bhagavatam is showing he's meditating on Sankarshan. Hmm? That's that's the expansion of Balaram hmm? and Vaikuntha for Lila and Dwarka and Matura and 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 then Vaikuntha second expansion. Hmm. That's why Shiva, interestingly, a side point, is thought to have connection with Sakirasa also. Hmm? That is mentioned by the Goswamis in some places. So, um, at any rate, Prabhupada cited a verse from the Gita. I was going to talk about it, but um, we talked about it a bit. And, but it's the verse in the Gita that, as I said, speaks about the practice that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu exemplified and taught. Hmm? And it goes like this anyway. Satatam kirtayantumam mitantas chadridavata namasyantas chamam bhaktya nityukta upasate. So Prabhupada cited this verse. <coughs> so it's here in the Gita. Hmm? Krishna saying, my devotees, satatam kirtayantomam. They are satatam. Sat means, what does sat mean? Sat. Truth. truth. Okay. What is the nature of truth? That it's eternal. Hmm? That it's, oh, if it's true, it's true. It doesn't change. Right? The truth doesn't change. Hmm? Therefore, satyameva jayate. Truth will be victorious. If you hang on to truth, you're, you're always going to win in the long run. Because hmm? it is what it is. It's true, and it's, uh, whether people think it is or not, doesn't matter. Hmm? So sat means, yes, true. And true means eternal, real. Satatam means the always, eternally. Satatam kirtayantomam. My devotees are always satatam kirtayantomam. Doing kirtan about me. Hmm? So Prabhupada quoted this. Hmm? 
Of course, the verse implies a number of things, this first line of the verse, that there are uh, kirtan about me. It could be nam kirtan, could be guna kirtan. Nam means about the name, chanting the names. could be kirtan about the qualities of Krishna, describing the qualities. could be kirtan about describing the leelas of Krishna. So there's nam kirtan, guna kirtan, leela kirtan, parikara kirtan, Kirtan about the devotees. Hmm? I was making this point. If we want to make earlier, if we want to make advancement, hmm? we have to come to be very interested in the devotees of Mahaprabhu, hmm? the devotees of Krishna. They are the embodiment of love. They are really the example they were following. More than Krishna, about them, their love of Krishna. Hmm? And we sing, you know, Murari Mukunda Jai Premanidi Mahashai. Hmm. Then we should uh, think of the, be transported into who, who are these people? What was what is their relationship with Mahaprabhu? What were they? What did they kind of love? Did they exemplify? What kind of hmm, um, leelas that they uh, perform with him and so forth? This attraction to the Parikar, the associates of the Lord. Hmm. This is a sign of making progress. So you can do this parikara kirtan, guna kirtan, lila kirtan, nam kirtan, hmm? which is best. Some people say, one fellow, one sahaja, big sahaja told me, he said, I said, by kirtan everything will come. He said, yes, by lila kirtan. Hmm? I said, but actually, uh, in nam, hmm, lila is found. Hmm? The, 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 the rupa, the form is found. The guna is found. In the name, what's in a name? Mm-hmm. Everything there. And they say, did you get his name? Says, if you got his name, we got him. Mm-hmm. We can track him down then. If we got his name, we can get him. As I said before, nowadays you, ha- nowadays you have a social security number. If they get that, that's your digital name, and they can get everything. They can take your whole bank account. Mm-hmm. And you are your possessions. They can take all your possessions. So what's in a name? In Nam Dharma, then we, we, this is the part of the theology, that oh, the, the form of Krishna is there, the qualities are there, the leelas are there. So Mahaprabhu emphasized Nam Kirtan. And we also did, there also, we do Lila Kirtan. In the morning we sing Lila Kirtan also. For Nishishese Goda, this is a, for example, Lila Kirtan. So, but the main emphasis is 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 is, is, is uh, nam kirtan, and and, and um, but there are different types, and, and they're mentioned here. And with regard to nam kirtan in particular, the fact that he's talking about nam kirtan particularly here. Hmm, is is brought out by the very use of the word satatam because nam has no restrictions of where it can be chanted, when, by whom, under what circumstances, in what situation. Hmm? Give me an example. If you go to pass stool, hmm, you don't bring the Bhagavatam in and read Rasalila. 
Hmm? You think that's not inappropriate. Hmm? Right? Hmm. Mahaprabhu himself, hmm, when um, he was troubled by this, because in an unclean condition, if you will, of course this is talking about his, from, from a human perspective, hmm, which is sweet and charming, he was troubled because his tongue kept chanting Krishna Nam. He couldn't stop it. Hmm? And he thought, I shouldn't be doing this while I'm unclean. Hmm? This is a religious practice. It should be done first, first clean, get yourself clean, and then do your spiritual practice. Wake up in the morning, bathe, and so forth. Right? Hmm? So he was troubled because he couldn't stop chanting. His tongue was automatically chanting. Hmm? Uh, moving under the influence, daivim prakriti marshita. This is the previous verse, previous to this. Mahatmanastamam parta daivim prakriti marshita. Great souls. This is talking about devotees. This, this section in the ninth chapter is talking about different types of people that worship Krishna. Hmm? And he's saying the, the great souls. They worship me exclusively. They're working under my sarup shakti. Hmm? Bhava's taken over their minds and their senses. In Mahaprabhu's case. His tongue just kept going, Krishna, Krishna. Hmm. There was nothing else to talk about. He was troubled. So he, he talked to one devotee named Gopal Guru, and Gopal Guru cited him from scriptures. that This is how Mahaprabhu brought out this teaching, hmm, through Gopal Guru Goswami, that um, there's, no, there's no restriction, time, place, anywhere. Nam is so purifying that even if you're in an impure condition, hmm, Nam can go there and, and purify you. So, so Mahaprabhu was relieved that so he was okay, okay. So the point is here that the word satatam means niyamas mananena kala in Mahaprabhu's language in shikshastakam. Under any place, any time, any circumstance, while sleeping, while eating, while bathing, whatever, chanting. Hmm? Now, we don't say that about, for example, speaking about the leelas of, of Krishna. And, um, but with Nam, so Nam is very special in this way, special dispensation. It is said that name of Krishna and Krishna are non-different. But there's a difference. Two, what's the difference? That in the form of his name, the name of the named, while non-different than the named, the name is different in that the name is more generous. It's him, but in a more generous disposition, giving himself. We may offend the rupa, the form, the person of Krishna, still the name may come to us. Brahma offended the form of Krishna by stealing his friends, or trying to. So he had to take birth as a Muslim. Haridas. But the name did not leave him. Hmm. The name stayed with him so much that he became the acharya of chanting that Mahaprabhu pointed to. See, see his example, Nama Charja, we say. Haridas Thakur Kijai. Also, with Mahaprabhu was taught that the name will stay with us if we just have little remorse for our material condition. Hmm? And 
our inevitable shortcomings at a certain point in our practice. Um, so don't beat yourself up Go f- to the point that you give up. Go forward. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Mistakes are, are valuable lessons. Right? So the name will stay with it. We're a little remorseful. See, I tried and I, I said I would never do that again. I will get up every morning at this time and I'll ch- and, huh, I didn't make it. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, or you have some material desires, and material, you get distracted, hmm? some remorse. The name will stay with you, hmm? purify you. Hmm? So he's very generous. Sridhar said, didn't care for high walls and locked doors, and that's exactly what we've erected around our heart to protect it. Hmm? And he goes in anyway as a sweeper. Sets up a shop as a sweeper. As I said before, there are many big mega corporations in there. Set up shop, trying to capture us and control us entirely. This product and that product, this possibility. And and Krishna Nam goes in there and he says, I'm going to sell brooms. (laughs) All right, give a guy a place to sell brooms. Go ahead, take a place on the road, you know, uh, in the heartland. You're not going to do much business compared to us. We've got you know neon signs and so buy me and this desire and that desire advocating itself and and uh, in the heart. Krishna's setting up a little broom shop. That's all. And he's giving them out. He said, just you know, trust me. Take the broom, and I'll show you how to do it. Something like that. And in what happens is he puts everybody out of business. The whole these mega corporations, all these big desires that we have, you know, they all be put out of business once that broom starts to do its magic. Hmm? Hmm. I mean, it reminds me of something a little different, but related. And Thakur said that I saw the Sankirtan. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's associates manifest before my eyes in Navadvip. Hmm? And I took the role of a sweeper in front of the kirtan to sweep the street. Hmm? Bhaktivinoda Thakur predicted that one day people from all over the world will come in Mayapur and chant Jai Sachinandan, Jai Sachinandan. And I was one of the fortunate persons to be part of that, fulfillment of that prophecy in 1970. Four, I think, or three or four, and uh, devotees from different, all different parts of the world, there on the, the road. There's one road in Mayapur at the time, hmm. chanting Jai Sachinandan, Jai Sachinandan, Hare Krishna in, in Kirtan. Hmm. Prabhupada arranged this festival in, in, in Mayapur. He had acquired land and had one building, and um, and so when we when we were doing Kirtan on the street, the the Bengali people of the Dam were coming out. Ladies were coming out with a plate with little sweets on it. And the man would sweep the street, pour water down, and the lady would put the plate of sweets down and pay obeisance and offer to the, to the, offer to the Sankirtan party. Hmm? It was so nice. So, I mean, they were melting our hearts and we were melting their hearts. Hmm? They couldn't, be, you know, they couldn't believe it. We couldn't believe it. <laughs> Who are these people? And they're thinking, who are those people? Yeah. Hmm? 
meeting in the in <coughs> the meeting of hearts in Sankirtan of the holy name. Anyway, Bhakti Vinod said, and I and I saw the Kirtan of Mahaprabhu and his associates, and I saw myself as a sweeper. And Bhakti Siddhanta said, and I am one straw in the broom of Bhakti Vinod. Hmm? Again, this Guru Parampara idea to be connected with that. Hmm? This is our idea. Hmm? Think like that, and you can do big things. Hmm? So, at any rate, Nam, very generous, hmm? and can be chanted anytime, any place, anywhere, by anyone. Hmm? And uh, even uninitiated people can chant. Of course, the the fruit of that will they they realize. Oh, I should do this in a systematic way with guidance. And this is good. So they naturally accept a guru. If we think that chanting is powerful, I don't need a guru. I don't even need to be initiated. Even just by chanting, I could get liberated. Then that's true. But thinking like that becomes an amaparat because one of the offenses to the name is to is to is to disregard the guru. And the guru is the medium through which Krishna is making let. You understood that. In other words, hey, the Krishna Nam is powerful. You know, you can get liberated just by chanting. So I don't need a guru. Where'd you learn that? <laughs> is, you know, see how you're missing here. Like you're not connecting the dots. Hmm? The gurus have told you that. This is the teaching in the Guru <coughs> Parampara. So you have to go there. And this is what, how, how. So Krishna Nam could reveal itself to anybody. But this is the way he wants to do. Hmm? Because he wants that you come under the guidance of his agent hmm? and learn properly and how to love him. Hmm? There's some science to that, if you will. So It's a wise kind of love, in other words, not just a sentiment. Hmm? So, satsatam kirtayantum. So anyway, I won't go into the rest of the verse, but Prabhupada cited this as a, as an evidence from I mean the Gita every every Hindu accepts the Gita for his Sankirtan still the man didn't understand it and he argued with him so it doesn't say you know chanting Hare Krishna hmm? uh, and he, he tried to interpret it in a different way and so forth I think he was was uh, soundly defeated actually um, and of course. Here we are today. It's still going on. This Sankirtan. So I wanted to say something about Kirtan this evening. Any questions? Yes. I just was wondering what they were doing in Bombay to the Kirtan party that should have brought on the stuff. They were. I don't remember. Uh, I was in Bombay when Prabhupada gave that mandate, but I wasn't on. Sankirtan party, but they were disrespecting them. Probably they weren't respecting them. They was perhaps, yeah, perhaps, yeah, that may be. Um, yeah, so you know, it's not just like well, it, um, doesn't matter what they think. You know, we're chanting. Hmm? Tie him up, make him chant. You know, it's like, like chant. Um, <laughs> so you want to use your intelligence also to approach people and make a thoughtful presentation. All right. So 
We stop there. Sri Mad Bhagavad Gita ki jai. Krishna Kirtan ki jai. Gaur Bhakti Bindu ki jai. Gaur Premanande.